0: Cut off, man! You're cut off, Michael, completely, what? forever, forever, from reviewing movies. You gave freaking what? Tombstone a C minus. You gave The Dark Knight less than an A plus. I I, I I I can't even believe you have Blood In, Blood Out as the next movie you want to review because that. What saved. did I do wrong,
1: man? I mean, come on. Well, first of all, correction: I gave Tombstone a C plus. Now, for those of you who it, are watching, it should have been an A plus. Or- in what realm dude the first hour is super slow i said it was a d minus the first hour but an a minus the rest of the way it was a long ass movie but man i i mean i'm i'm sorry but just because it's nostalgic doesn't make it good
0: you're cut off you minutes that's it fine end of story you know you're losing friends left and right i don't know if you noticed that on social media. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I am Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kins 5 San Antonio. And that other guy will never be allowed to host his own movie review show on TV because he is just bad at it. Michael Jimenez of San Antonio Sports Star. He's the host of Halftime, which is a great show, and it's back from its hiatus. So make sure to check it out on the Star. Just go to San Antonio Sports Star's YouTube page. Follow Michael on Twitter, not for his movie reviews at Mike ESPNSA. Michael, all kidding aside, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs.
1: Oh, dude, it's great to be back, man. Thanks for plugging uh, halftime. It's a fun show, man. Sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. But, uh, yeah, we talk lots of Spurs there too, man. So I'm looking forward to getting into it with you today.
0: I am going to warn you another time. Do not review Transformers 86 and Blood and Blood out, unless you're not going to give it, if you're going to give it an A+. Plus, that's fine. But if you don't give it an A+, you're about to burn bridges, man.
1: I have a poll out right now, and the two leading contenders are Blood In, Blood Out and Urban Cowboy. And again, these are movies I've never seen before. So, uh, I think of the two, you're
0: going to like Urban Cowboy more than Blood In, Blood Out. Knowing you, Jimenez, you're going to piss off people (laughs) if you do that. You know what? People
1: accuse me of giving a bad review of Spider-Man No Way Uh, Home. I watched that with you. Did I not enjoy that movie?
0: Yeah, you enjoyed it for other reasons, though.
1: Marissa Tomei, baby, A minus all the way.
0: <laughs> all right, you're not here for movie reviews. Well, maybe a little bit, uh, and uh, you're here for some silver and black talk. So, what are my, what are we talking about today? What is Michael Jimenez and myself going to be diving into? We're going to be looking at the Spurs at the halfway point of the season. Just give you some grades, some pros some cons some thoughts concerns maybe some positive notes about this team as hey ha- can't believe it half of the regular season is already over and also going to give you a very quick Spurs Cavs uh preview um yeah after what happened the other night versus Houston maybe we 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 shouldn't be expecting much from San Antonio tonight Michael let's go ahead and dive into this the Spurs are, are wow cannot believe this halfway Uh, Through their season. The NBA is already halfway through the season. It's flying by fast. Before we dive into some specifics, what are your general thoughts about this team at the halfway point?
1: You know, this team uh, plays up to its competition and plays down to it and is consistently inconsistent. And that's the hard part about it this year. And just when you thought the Spurs had turned the corner and were playing well and could compete for not only a spot in the play in tournament, but, you know, a top six playoff spot. You know, COVID strikes and takes out Derek White and Calvin Johnson yeah. and Devin Vassell. So that basically just let the air out of the balloon. They're starting from square one all over again. And as I was mentioning on halftime, you know, there's a big homestand here. You have seven games, 12 out of 14 at home before the rodeo road trip. You need to start collecting W's to get into that 10 spot. And to start off with a loss to the Rockets is morally Oof. deflating. Because yeah. it's one thing to lose to them when you're shorthanded. And uh but the Spurs got back some of their players. You know, Keldon was back, you know, mm-hmm. Vassell was back. So there's really no excuses for that loss, and it's just so crazy because just a handful of days ago, the Spurs went toe-to-toe at Brooklyn and almost won in overtime. It's so hard to get a handle on this team.
0: It really is. And I think that's pretty much um what the Spurs are gonna be for the rest of the season. Um they are who they are. This is a team that is a roller coaster. This is a team that's gonna get you hyped. Remember, not too long ago, Michael, they had a four-game winning streak. We thought they turned the corner. <laughs> we thought this was it, and now yeah. look at them now. Now you do give them a pass because they were hit with the virus. They were put in healthy safety protocols. A good chunk of them, They're key players, no less, and you throw in guys that just were literally thrown to the fire. Tyler Johnson, Anthony Lamb, you know, and now you're working with different lineups. You got Primo getting getting some run, which we'll talk about that in a bit. Wee's camp, just just a bunch. A bad timing for this team uh, at, at at the point where or the season where they should be turning the corner because, you know, you're halfway through the season. So you do give them a bit of a pass, Michael. But at the same time, you're right. There's no excuse for them to be losing to Houston the way they did. There is no excuse for them blowing leads, as we've seen so far this season, when they have sizable leads and just gone. They're reverting back to the slow starts. And in this losing streak they're on right now, that's been the big culprit, small, small. Uh, slow starts excuse me and as Popovich says they're coming out of the gates very soft you gave up 39 points to the Rockets in the first period not acceptable Michael oh, I, know. I, think at, I think at this point at the halfway point of the season before we get into specifics though um, I want to give them a D plus I'm not going to give them a, a total F I'm going to give them a D plus um, for the season is what you're saying for half, for halfway through the season Halfway.
1: Wow. A I D can't plus. believe you're giving the Spurs a D+. That is, that is rough, man. That is cruel.
0: It's just um, there's a lot. I, I think what, what, what killed it for me was that Rockets game. That, you know, that just, just – I'm looking at I'm like, come on, guys. What's, what's up? You know, man, you're you getting – your,
1: Go ahead. You, you think my movie reviews are critical? I never in a million years would have thought that you would have said at the start of the season so far is a D minus. Oh, I D would plus. say a game of D plus, uh, up D a plus rather D plus. Yeah. Um, I would give it a C minus.
0: Okay.
1: A- so and- we're right there. We're, we're kind of right there together. Well, you know,
0: you're, you're, you know, we're not too far off,
1: but my glass is more half full when it comes to things. Okay. So let's take a look at where the Spurs are right now. The, 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 the positive parts are, that uh, they can beat quality teams, especially on the road. You know, we've seen them beat Golden State on the road, Milwaukee go toe-to-toe with Brooklyn. They played Phoenix tough on the road. They beat Utah on the road. The Spurs have done a very good job against really good teams and have shown glimpses of getting better. And, and we see that they have a higher ceiling than their record indicates. Uh, I give them a little bit of a pass because of COVID, because, man, mm-hmm. those five or six games without Vassell, White, and, And uh, Keldon, I mean, the Spurs could probably have won maybe three of those extra games. On top of that, right now, the Spurs are in a really interesting situation where, you know, they've dropped down to 12th in the West, but are two games away from being back on the 10th spot, but Mm -hmm. also two games away the opposite direction of being one of the four worst teams in the NBA and getting a good pick Mm -hmm. in this upcoming draft. So, really, I'm optimistic because it can still go either way. If the Spurs get things going and want to get into the play-in tournament, it's not going to take many wins to get there because, as we've seen, there's a big difference between 9 and 10 in the West, and 10 is very, very, very gettable. The uh, opposite is also true. You know, hey, if the Spurs bottom out and, you know, I've been a proponent of Team Tank, I don't want them to not try to win. But what I'm saying is that I am not, you know – very deflated if they do lose because, again, it, it it sets things up in a good way. We're seeing that right now. I mean, the next game against the Cavaliers, they've got two top five picks in their starting lineup, man. They've gotten better because of the lottery. So I, I'm more optimistic about things and the reason why I would say that it has to be at least a C or a C- is because we have an alpha now. We now know what we have in DeJounte Murray and that in itself makes this this season at least somewhat of a success.
0: Again, you know, I'm, I'm a little harsher because again, like I mentioned, the, the, the Houston loss was just completely unacceptable to me. Um, Agreed. And and also too, because you're, you're just seeing just this team give us I a mean, false hope. Is that safe to say just false hope as far as this season is concerned of them turning things around? Um I do think that they will improve from the D-plus standard that I set right now. They will get better once everybody gets back on track, healthy. Derek White is still out. McDermott is still out. Trey Jones is still out. But what we've seen at least halfway through the point of the season is this team can – look, I'm not the one who says it. Pop says it. This team can be soft at times. This team – how many times have I talked about it? They don't have a killer instinct.
1: Well, they don't have an enforcer.
0: It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back in the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 100 welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LockedOn. There's yeah,
1: no are well, on that team.
0: Yeah, I talked to Purtle out in New York City at MSG after the loss to the Knicks, and he mentioned that. He goes, I asked him, I go, hey, Purtle, so what are you seeing that's maybe some ray of hope, you know, this season? Things are getting better. And nobody told me, he says, like, we're, we're starting to not be timid. I was like, okay. He tells me we're starting to kind of get a killer instinct. Okay, fine, but they need that now. They need to show it now, and I just don't see that right now. Popovich said after the loss to Houston, this team came out of the gate soft. Uh, that software is being used a little bit more frequent now with Popovich. Um, it's Just just that false hope that I get when I see this team go on that win streak and then now look at them now on a four-game losing streak. Michael, let's go to dive into some specifics now. Uh, let's start off. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Look at the cons. What are some specific cons and negatives that you do not like out of this team so far?
1: Well, I don't know if I would use the word soft, okay, because the thing about it is is that I think it's all about energy. Um, you can tell they get up for the big games. You can tell when they're playing at Brooklyn, when they're playing at Staples Center, when they're playing uh, at Utah, that you can tell that they get hyped up for the game. And in those games, they don't look anything remotely soft. And we've seen Yaka Pertle be more aggressive offensively. We've seen him dunk the ball recently, which is amazing, as opposed to just, doing little tap-in flip-backs or trying to lay it up or finger roll it in. So he's being a little bit more aggressive offensively. I just think it's it's the energy. For some reason, they are not pumped up coming out of the out of the tunnel for every single game. And that's the problem right there. Because when they want to play, they play. But you can tell within the first six to eight minutes of a game how this game is going to go. Because if they fall behind, they don't catch up. They don't. I mean, that that stat that you put on Twitter recently about their record after uh, being down after three quarters says everything. Uh, They are either going to play hard from the get-go or lose from the get-go, and that's what we're seeing. So where does that come from? I mean, who is the leader on, on this roster that gets everything all psyched up and makes sure that everybody is ready to go? And that's the thing. We have an alpha on the court in the sense that DeJounte has taken over making triple-doubles, flirting with triple-doubles on the nights that he's not getting one. But who is that alpha in the locker room? Who is that alpha that is getting the team all pumped up? Because that either has to be a player or it has to be Pop. So maybe maybe some of this is is to blame. Maybe the blame goes to Pop. Maybe he's not inspiring the team enough. But uh, either way, it's it's very concerning, though, because you can tell at tip-off, first few minutes whether or not the spurs are gonna have a good game or not and um they have a tell you can tell
0: yeah i mean you could look at tip off pretty much after the first quarter you can tell either the game's going to be competitive or the spurs are going to get killed and we just you just brought it up right now uh depending on the outcome of the third quarter going into the final frame you can you can pretty much pencil in an l for the spurs if they're down even if they're down one point they're going to lose the game because the record shows they're 0-24 if they're losing after the third period. This team cannot rally. It's a sign of a young team, The sign of a young team that just cannot put a complete game together. They can't roll the bottle up to DeMar DeRozan and say, hey, save us, DeMar. Now they're in that position where they have to save each other. And Popovich said it after the game versus Houston, said this team has to play near-perfect basketball. They cannot afford mistakes. So let me ask you, you think that's just too much pressure for a young team where you have the head coach Pop saying, You got to play a perfect game because technically there are no all-stars on this team. Technically there are no mega stars on this team, Michael.
1: I get that. But why do we keep saying that this is a young team? I mean, I know Primo's out there running around at 19 years old and we've seen Joe Wieskamp and whatnot, but DeJounte, this is his first time around the block and he's doing well. He's holding up his end. The Derek White, Lonnie Walker, you know, these guys have had been around the block for three or four seasons. This is not necessarily – a rookie team. Now I know Vassell's in his second season. And I know Keldon for all intents and purposes is in his second season as well. Uh, Trey Jones, Trey Jones as well. So the Spurs do have young players, but it's not like every single player there is, is brand new right now. Well, they might they're, be they're, they're young as
0: far as in experience, getting heavy NBA minutes. Um, right. The one that probably start the only, there's only two of the young core, that I think are that you can say, okay, they're not that younger or, or white and Murray because even, you know, when Demar and LMA and Kawhi were here, you know, they were seeing spikes in minutes, but yeah, Vassell, now he's getting his time. Lonnie. Now he's getting his time. Trey. He's, he doesn't have to worry about a Patty mills ahead of him. Um, you mentioned Keldon. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, this is his sophomore season. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, uh, even to a certain degree, maybe Yaka, because who do he have in front of him for quite some time? He had Lamarcus. Aldi. But these are all so. These
1: are all growing pains, man. It, it, it's part of it all. I mean, were we really expecting this team to do well this year? Why? Why would any of anyone have had that expectation? I, I don't understand. You know, there's no All Star on this team. Like you said, a lot of young players out there, and the veterans that are out on the roster aren't being played, that Young's not being played, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think Spurs fans, some Spurs fans, not all, but some Spurs fans had expectations of the te- of this team that was wildly exaggerated. And I don't know why I didn't have it. I, I mean, I had, I thought I told you when the season started that I thought the best case scenario for this team was probably being a six seed. That was probably the best that they could ever do. If, if everything landed perfectly and all things came into place, 60 was the best that they can do. But I, I was also very upfront I'm telling you when the season started that, I think it's a lottery season. This is a season that we may need to project ourselves towards that. So I, I just think that right now what they're going through is to be expected. You know, it is a team that does not have a star. It is a team that does not have um, – you know, certain does not have an enforcer. I mean, come on, man, they don't have somebody to inbound the ball. If Jock Landale inbounds the ball one more time at the end of a game, I'm gonna throw something at the TV or scream something from the stands. And I like Landale. I think he's done a, a really good job as he's getting time out there. But there's certain little things like that, inbound passes, and this is just this is just so it's frustrating, but it's to be expected because again, this team is learning its way and it's not gonna get any better unless the Spurs get one of two things a good free agent or develop really good lottery players. So this might be a longer rebuild than a lot of Spurs fans were understanding.
0: Some other uh, quick con before we go into the pros. Um con, you know, the the roller coaster ride that they're on, you know, one day they're up, one day they're down, they play down the competition. You've highlighted that very well. Another con too is the fact that um you know, they do no fault of their own. You know, the schedule's been kind of a beast. You know, I thought the NBA wants to get away from those back to back sets, Michael, but yet they gave the Spurs three back to back sets in a row on this long road trip they just finished. I and mean, that's been yeah. a con. I think that's hurting them as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think that by this point of the season, they should know, Jock Lando, you don't throw the ball to the opposing player on the inbound play. You should yeah. know that you do not give up 39 points in the opening period so just little things like that are frustrating all right let's shift to the pros now some positives at the halfway point of the season what are some good things you're seeing out of this team celebrate their freedom of choice with built bar did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at built bar well You can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, the list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Bilt Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, they have the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's built.com, 15% off once again at built.com.
1: Positive DeJounte Murray. Having an all-star caliber season, he's not going to be an all-star, but he's up there, and it's good to be mentioned and good to be considered, and and he's doing very, very well and showing that he, he can be a, a future star for this team. The second thing is that Keldon Johnson's improved three-point shooting. It's been remarkable. Uh, for For much of the season, he's been in the upper 40s. He's kind of settled in the low to mid-40s, but if he had told me at the beginning of the season that he'd be shooting more than 38%, higher than 38% from three, I would have been ecstatic. So obviously he's working on that, and that's a positive as well. Uh, The other positives, um, you know, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bryn Forbes, man. uh, Bryn Forbes is showing that in certain days, certain games, he can go off. One of the few players to actually have a good game against the Rockets. Uh, But he's showing that his three-point shooting is getting better, and and, and he is – He's making the most out of his minutes. I don't like him playing more than 20, but when he's out there giving 12 to 12 to 18, he's doing a decent job. Uh, another positive is Jakob is, is showing that defensively uh, he's uh, a lot more confident against the elite fours and fives of the world. Uh, so there are some positives out there. This is not going to be negative town all day long, but the negatives are self-evident, man. I mean, you, you know what they need. I mean, they need, uh, you know, I hate using the phrase bouncy big, but that's what they need. Uh, they need a little bit more veteran presence out there. Doesn't have to be a 35-year-old, but other veteran some other veteran presence out there that hopefully they get in the off season and they need to develop through the draft. And if they're not going to do that, then then ask Indiana what is needed for Miles Turner. That's what that's what the Spurs need right there to take it to another level, but there are positives out there, man. So I mean, uh, Dejounte, Jakob, Keldon, and then you know, I guess the last positive I, w- I would share is that I'm proud that Lonnie Walker is uh, not afraid to shoot anymore. Uh, doesn't mean that it always goes in. Uh, he's had some really good games, like he did against Brooklyn recently. Uh, but um, you know, and then he follows it up with a with a bad game against the Knicks. But keep firing, man. Keep firing. And, and that right there is showing, is showing some growth. Oh, and one last thing. Primo, baby. He's getting some time on the court. And I know he might be bouncing back and forth between now and Austin from here on out because of uh, the guys coming back from COVID. But uh, I've enjoyed seeing Primo out there grow and mature because uh, this was the blessing in disguise was that this whole COVID issue opened up minutes for him to play.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you on all points there. You know, I'm, I'll start off with Primo. I like what I'm seeing out of the young kid. I've gotten a good opportunity, and I think this doesn't get, uh, you know, a lot of uh, attention as far as just from a fan's point of view uh, of talking with him uh, in his Austin uh, uniform. You know, when he's there with them, you know, to find out like how much he's developed at a young age, how his sister has influenced him uh, from shooting the ball, how his dad is there with them working out with him, to that he wants to be more than just. This one dimensional, oh, I'm a scorer shooter guy. He also feels that his handles are underrated. He's told me that you know defense is still something he's really good at. And I like the growth of this kid. In a weird way, Michael, maybe this could be a pro is the fact that you know the pandemic is still an issue. Because you can't tell me if these guys are still healthy that Primo is getting burned right now in San Antonio versus Austin. I think that's helped him too, just like this helped Devin Vassell last season, you know, when the Spurs were desperately needed bodies and they kept them on the main roster. Another but pro too. Go
1: ahead. Isn't it sad that this has to be forced upon Pop and the and, and the, the coaching staff? Isn't that sad that we got Kelden out there because of the bubble? That we got Vassell out there because of COVID. And we got Primo out there because of COVID. Isn't it sad that, that their hands had to be forced to do that? That's the most frustrating part.
0: Well, I mean, I look at the situation as you know, you just got to take it because Popovich is known for treating rookies the way they are. Unless you're Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Manu, and Tony, you know, you're going to get burned in Austin. DeJounte Murray, does I not forget, started his career in Austin, not in San Antonio. Seeing thing with Lonnie Walker and Derek White. So, uh, yeah. Another pro I want to look at, too, is the fact that you know, at times this team is competitive. You mentioned the, the Brooklyn game. I, I love to see that. Uh, they nearly beat Phoenix in their gym uh, recently. Uh, so, yes, they do show competitiveness, and that's a plus, And it bodes well for their future if they're still a group, it's still a unit. So, I think I like seeing that out of them. You know, I look at this uh, season so far at the midway point, and although I'm a little harsher on them right now, again, all because of that Houston loss, I'm still reeling from it. But I think the future is bright, Michael. What do you think? Do you think we will see something really pay off next season? Or do you think next season is still going to be a work in progress?
1: Um, I wish I could say the future is bright, dude. I I can't say that. I can't commit myself into saying that. Because if you told me that three years from now, the Spurs would be relevant again, I could see that. But if you also said that three years from now, the Spurs would be a bottom-dweller still, um, I could see that, too. Uh, something's coming into play, man. I mean, first of all, free agency comes into play. When you draft somebody, you don't have them forever. And and that's my issue when it comes to pop and them not playing some of these players is because they need to have experience on the court in San Antonio, not in Austin. You know, because we, we don't hold on to DeJounte Murray forever. We don't hold on to Lonnie Walker forever. Lonnie Walker is in, is in a, a, a contract year this year. Right, and pretty soon Keldon's gonna be coming up. And pretty soon after that, Devin Vassell's gonna be coming up. So we're constantly gonna have to like not only develop players and bring new players in, but we're gonna somehow have to try to keep the ones that we want to keep on the roster and make it all fit within the salary cap. Um, am I optimistic about this? Um I gotta see moves from front office, man. The hologram has to start doing something with that with that either you know, with Thad Young, are we going to get anything for Thad Young, or is he just going to waste a year of his career, we're going to get nothing out of it, and essentially get basically nothing other than a draft pick for DeMar DeRozan? Are we going to go after any of the prize-free agents out there and legitimately have a shot at it? I think the Spurs have a shot at Miles Turner or DeMonta Sabonis, I mean, I think the Spurs could le- legitimately go after a player like that, because,
0: mm.
1: you know, Miles Turner's from Texas, and you have Sabonis, who's... Uh, uh, an international player, and they do well in San Antonio. Why can't we go after somebody like that? Maybe give up a, a, a key piece of ours and some draft picks yeah. for that.
0: Uh,
1: maybe maybe sign a trade aren't... with
0: Lonnie, you know, flip him or something like that.
1: Oh, Fad, Lonnie, and and two first-round draft picks for Miles Turner. Make it happen. Wow. You know, because, well, I mean, they would get expiring contracts, and they would get two, two firsts. They would enjoy that. I mean, you'd have to lottery protect at least one of mm-hmm. those. Uh, but you know, I mean, unless the hologram is out actually doing something and making moves, I'm not going to be optimistic. You know, he's and real. The Jimenez, is, he's real. The, the hologram is my nickname for GM Brian Wright. Okay, because we never see him, we never hear of him. He, he, he's 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 a mythical creature. He's a he's a he's a hologram. He's
0: Bigfoot. And, like you know, everybody sees him, but proof, but yeah. no physical proof.
1: Exactly. And, you know, the Spurs and if the Spurs go out and get the ninth or 10th pick in the draft this year, it's like, you know, come on, man, you know, because the Spurs, you know, you need, who are the Spurs playing next? Right. They got the Cleveland Cavaliers next. Right. Yeah. Take a look at the starting lineup. Darius Garland is their point guard. Right. Picked fifth in the draft a few years back. Who's their center or their power forward? Evan Mobley. Pick number three Mm -hmm. in the draft. And, and guess what? They're eight games above 500. Guess what? They've won 12 out of 17. Why? It's because they got lottery talent there, man. And I we we hear all the time. It, it, it's so frustrating where it's like, oh well, the Spurs got Derek White at 29, and look how good he's been. Okay, check that out. Take that back. It's as good as he's been relative to 29. Okay, that, mm-hmm. that it's relative to. That doesn't mean that he was the fifth best player in that draft. If you redrafted that draft, he's not going to go three. He's not going to go two. The same could be said about Keldon Johnson. The same could be said about a lot of players. When you redo the draft, you could redo it all over again. They're not going to be in the top 10 or 15. It's just not there. Keldon possibly would be in the top
0: 10. Yeah, I think Keldon would. Might be
1: in the top 10. But it wouldn't be three. It wouldn't be four. It wouldn't be five. So whenever I hear people say, well, I mean, look how good he done. he was picked 29. Well, you know what? Then that means the Spurs would have done a really good job picking at six. Because mm-hmm. if there's one thing yeah. that I trust about the Spurs, I trust their scouts. I trust how they scout. And and, and that's why I was only pissed off about the Primo draft for like an hour. Because then I had to go back in time and think to myself, <laughs> okay, okay. Historically, they they know how to pick historically. And right now, am I happy with a primo pick as their lottery pick from last year? What was it at twelve? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, sure. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Were there better players out there? Maybe, but you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm still ride or die on the primo pick right now. But but that's yeah. the thing, man. Think... You know, optimism about them getting better over the years or or or, or, or are we optimistic? Man, let's make some moves, man sitting down, doing nothing, and just drafting people at 12 is not going to make this team a lottery, a, a, a relevant team, a playoff team. It's not. Not doing anything in free agency. And I say not doing anything. I mean, come on, man. We had a lot of money in free agency last year. And we got Doug McDermott, who I like. But that was our prize pickup last year. I mean, he's a good player. I like yeah. him. I want him on this team. But picking up players of that caliber, along with picking 10 in the draft. 12 in the draft year after year to year. God, it'll never get better that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Hologram, do well, something, man. We'll see what
0: they we will see. Trade deadlines. coming. We'll see up. what they Maybe do like with the, uh, yeah, exactly. The trade deadline is coming up fast and that's going to be a day where everybody's going to be tuning in to see what the Spurs do. If and anything, historically they never do. They rarely do. Or If it is, it's some minor move and they'll look at the usual wire, the waivers and who's available for free. Pretty much. Uh, we'll see what they do. But, yeah, it is a halfway point of the Spurs season. <laughs> they are currently riding a four-game losing streak at the halfway mark and sit 15-26 and 26 as they enter the uh, Spurs-Cavs uh, game, which they'll be hosting at this long home stand tonight in San Antonio. Let's dive into that really fast, Michael. Spurs-Cavs, I, I, if you ask me, oh, Spurs got this right, I'm like, uh, I don't know anymore. I think that's kind of the sentiment with this Spurs team, you could put the, the Warriors team out in San Antonio right now. And you can say like, yeah, sure. They could beat them. But at the end of the day, they lose like, well, that's expected. Same thing with the Cavs tonight. Yeah, they should beat them. But then at the end of the night, you're like, well, they lost. I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah. Well, we think of the Cavs. And when you think of the Cavs, you know, you think, oh, well they suck if they don't have LeBron. Uh, But no, this Uh. is a team that's well above 500. You know, mm-hmm. playing roughly 600 ball for the year, which is really
0: yeah, 24 good. 24 and 18. Yeah, 24 and 18. Small, small market team.
1: Small market team that developed through the draft and developed through free agencies. The Spurs fans should look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team and think to themselves, "Wow, this is the way that it's done." Drafting a, a big guy, Evan Mobley from USC, uh, uh, as a uh, as a center or power forward. You know, he could be. You know a rookie of the year type of candidate down the you know something like that uh, you know you have uh, Darius garland who they got a couple of years ago uh, you've got um, you know they got Lori marketing in free agency uh so they they mm-hmm. do various they, they they have built through the draft they have built through free agency and guess what they started winning they didn't they didn't get better mm-hmm. because they were drafting players twelve or nineteen or twenty nine they got better because they were drafting players 3 and 5. They were in the lottery. They bounced back. They recovered. They got better and their GM made moves. That's what we need to look at for the Spurs, right? And so looking at this team coming mm-hmm. up, is this going to be a win for the Spurs? Well, yeah. uh I think it's all going to be about, you know, who who guards Mobley. You know, mm-hmm. and and if they can kind of limit him, um, you know, he's I, I think the Spurs would be okay. Uh, but if if you're going to tell me that the Spurs are going to lose this game by 18, I would not be shocked.
0: Exactly. Uh, let's look at the Cavs. Uh, they rank second in the NBA in defense. They're eighth in assists, eighth in field goal percentage, tenth in rebounds. Now, where the Spurs can take advantage of uh, things on the court is when it comes to turnovers. Uh, the the uh, Cavs are pretty bad. They do not value the ball. 22nd in the NBA in turnovers and don't really protect the rim as much. 23rd in uh, in the league in blocks, so that should be okay for the slashers the Spurs have, DeJounte, Lonnie, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, also, they don't really take a lot of threes. I think that'll help the Spurs tonight. They're 20th in three-point attempts, so that's good for San Antonio. The Spurs, they do value the ball. They are one of the top teams as far as minimal turnovers. I actually talked to Lonnie Walker about that. Uh, make sure to check out that article on Kens5.com slash Spurs. They also are a uh, you know pretty good offensive team. They do can light up the score, you know, although it was a loss. You know, they put up yeah. 120 points uh, plus versus Houston. I think at the end of the well, day, my- though, the talent may may overwhelm San Antonio tonight, Michael.
1: I agree. You know, last four games for Cleveland, uh all on the road. They won three of the last four games on the road. They beat Portland beat Sacramento, and beat Utah by 20 on the road. Um, So, you know, the only loss they had there was to Golden State where they lost by 14. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an up-and-coming team. It's, it's, you know, uh, it's one of those teams where you take a look at them and you go, hey, man, I didn't realize they had that player. I didn't realize they had this, that, and the other, you know, uh, Jared Allen, you know, Laurie Markkinen. I mean, it's a talented team out there. Uh, It's just – you know, it's just one of those things where they're not going to get the publicity because, just like San Antonio, they're a low, they're a uh, a small market team, and uh, we should look at this team and go, "Hey, how did they do it?" and maybe maybe uh, duplicate
0: it. I do think uh, tonight's game goes down? Who wins? Uh, I'd
1: say Cavs by eight.
0: Yeah, I got I got another, wire, another wire-to-wire another game. I think it's going to be tight throughout the entire game. Spurs are going to be looking to you know erase the bad taste they had in their mouth versus versus the Rockets and getting that L. I think at the end of the day, though, the, the Cavs might win tonight's game out in the AT&T Center. Hey, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about these Spurs at the halfway point? What is your grade? What are your pros and cons? What do you like, dislike this team as the season is halfway through? And uh, tonight's game, Spurs-Cavs, who do you got? Winning now, he manages to tell you everything you need to do about halftime. Hopefully, he just sticks to the sports side and not about the movie <laughs> reviews because Michael, yeah, you're, you're making enemies left and right, man. Tombstone, well, I it, cannot believe that.
1: It's funny. And then I put a poll out there like, don't do movie reviews anymore. And then I put a poll out there as to what to review next. And I have like a, a hundred people uh, vote on it, right? So the same people who are telling me not to do it. <laughs> I know secretly like it, and I know they're secretly voting because they want to see what the next one's going to be. The fact of the matter is is that, you know, like I said, uh, uh, Sunday, sports, uh, Sunday Sports Grill, which is my old show, but halftime,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which I have Monday through Friday from noon to two, is sports of pop culture nostalgia. Wednesdays, I do the movie reviews. And it's fun, man, because again,
0: you yeah, guys watched
1: those movies when you were 15 years old, 10 years old, you know, 20 years old. Prime of your lives. I'm over here as a forty four year old watching E. T. for the first
0: time.
1: <laughs> I'm watching Gremlins. A little late to the, the party, Michael. Time. Yeah, so it's different because like I don't have it in the eyes of a child and therefore I don't see it the same way. And when it came to Tombstone, I mean that movie came out when I was a teenager. Uh I you know, like I said, I, I thought it was cliche for an hour and then it got good the second hour, which is funny because that movie had two directors. They fired the director halfway through and you can tell the movie got better when the second director was there. You can see the line there. And it wasn't bad. It was it just wasn't the greatest Western movie of all time. It was all right. And and someone asked me, Well what's a Western that you like? And I was like, Well, you know, I don't know if I consider this a Western but I was a really big fan of young guns when I was in high school. But uh so yeah, so uh you know, criticizing <laughs> all you want criticize me all you want about my movie reviews fact of the matter is that uh i think secretly people like hearing them and i think secretly jeff i think so I, agree I i i with, with you people too. agree with me and don't want to say anything
0: cuz twitter's mean oh and I... is going there oh very Dude. very very mean yeah definitely definitely lashes back out you out at you if you're not too oh michael calls me you know, the other day he tells me, Hey man, I'm, I'm getting bashed on. I'm like, well, you made it public. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect? <laughs> you made it public. Oh, cool.
1: Well, you know, uh, I have sure 800 followers and you have thousands of followers and you retweeted me to make it even more public. So that's funny, which is great. <laughs> which is great. Cause I, I checked yeah. out the number of impressions and I was like, Oh my God. So, uh,
0: Thanks, man. I I don't know if you're
1: being a really good friend or not, but either way, I appreciate
0: your help. uh, Of course, I got your back, Michael. I got your back. It's all fun and games at the end of the day. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, the list goes on and on. Tell so your smart speaker to play, Lockdown Spurs, and we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Spurs Cavs tonight, go check out Lockdown Cavaliers, see what the enemy has to say about tonight's matchup versus your silver and black. So for Michael, not Cisco and Ebert Jimenez, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.